and welcome back to Tells. Hello, Andrew Nimi. Hello. My name is Boosie, in case you didn't know. And this is the Tells podcast on poker and love. Nice, nice official opening delivery. You got a write-up in a poker something about your return to the felt. Thank you for sharing that article that I did not read. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Tell us about your return to the felt. What do you Let's just know? get right into it. Let's just get right um, into it, shall yeah, we? Poker and love. Okay. What do you want to know? What can I tell you? Were you nervous as you walked into the Bellagio for your first poker session since March of 2020? Was your heart racing? Uh, I don't know. I didn't check. I didn't check my heart monitor. But uh, I would say I was probably slightly nervous but also excited. So that's kind of cool because I've been doing this poker thing for a long time. So to have like a big mix of emotions to go play a typical cash game session is kind of cool. What session, what game did you play? 510, no limit, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. And how was your Two cards in your hand, five <laughs> on the board, make the best five card poker hand. And what was your experience like? I mean, we saw the, the outcome of your experience, so you don't need to tell us about that. Mm -hmm. But what was your experience like? How did you feel about the plexiglass? Um, I guess I feel fine about it generally. Like it's definitely kind of weird seeing it and, and having a bunch of dividers up at the poker table. It's, you know, it's definitely a different look. But um, personally, I guess I don't really um, feel that strongly about it. Like I don't think that I'm like, I'm definitely not like Mr. Big Personality at the poker table, like putting on a show and everyone needs to hear me and I need to like engage every single person. If somebody is trying to start a conversation with me, then I'm happy to uh, engage that person back. But I don't, uh, I'm usually not like the one to, yeah, like I said, like strike up a conversation with every single person, you know, like at the other side of the table, I don't need to make sure they, uh, they hear me, they hear my voice and, and uh, hear what I have to say. So it definitely like inhibits that sort of a thing to some degree. Mm. And uh, if there is conversation to be had, sometimes you kind of have to like lean around the, the plexiglass, which probably defeats the purpose of the entire thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, I'm there to like play some cards, grind it out, you know. Um, of course, like the uh, the worry is that will it sort of like decrease the fun and social experience for less serious players um but i think like people are going to want to play cards and they're going to want to gamble and see some flops and i think it's gonna they're gonna do they're gonna be able to do that in this environment anyway how often do they clean the plexiglass is it before everybody's every time somebody sits down exactly yeah as soon as someone gets up before the next person takes their seat They'll have a floor person or what they call a brush person wipe it down, sanitize both the uh, the rail and the uh, the sides of the, the plexiglass where that person was sitting. Mm. So you get a nice fresh plexiglass encased seat when you sit down. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if uh, you can see the cards clearly through the glass. Yeah, the cards, all that stuff seems like it's no problem. It is a little bit tough sometimes seeing chip stacks. Like if you are, if I'm sitting here and someone is like two seats on my right, kind of have to like navigate your your views 
you're viewing around the uh, the folds of the the glass. Mm. So that can get slightly awkward, but it's definitely better than than nothing, I think. And it's six handed now versus what eight or nine at the moment yeah at the moment all the games are six-handed but i just saw somebody uh sent me a post from the bellagio saying they're going to move some tables to eight-handed i think starting either next week i think next week or in a couple weeks so you'll have a choice i think between like some six-handed tables or eight-handed tables who's going to choose an eight-handed table and why there's definitely some people that prefer to just knit it up and wait for the strongest of hands and not have to go through the blinds as often because they don't steal the blinds as often as some other players do. Hmm. So if there's more players at the table, that allows them to be more patient and go through the blinds less often while waiting for the goods. Got it. I mean, Um, I always thought it was quite tight at a poker table. It is. So I don't know. I wish six-handed was just... Everybody agreed. The norm. Yeah. I wish it was just, yeah, the norm. And just get do away with the uh, the cramped, crowded, nine-handed tables. It seems like that's not coming back for a while, at least. So they removed one player officially. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if they'll eventually go back to the nine. But, uh, yeah, I would prefer to just have the elbow room and the leg room yeah. forever. Leg room forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then you went off to the Bellagio was it the next day you were so excited about your first poker session back that you had to get another one in Mm -hmm. I'm still excited was it a day later or two days later two days I think Mm. went to the win plus like the win is they just do such a good job there uh, that now that they've officially reopened you want to go support you know show some love you've always been a win stan (laughs) is that the term yeah for the win yeah love for the win um yeah so went over there and played some pot lemon omaha and joey ingram sent me a text message before earlier in that day saying are you gonna go to the win tonight i was like i guess we have to they're back you gotta show some love and support for the win was that the first day they were back that mm-hmm. you went mm-hmm. total win stand they should pay you some money for yeah, all this promotion. That they you... should pay us a little, uh, little something. something. <laughs> win, if you're listening, pay this man some money. He loves the win. Yes, indeed. How do you feel about me uh, returning to the live poker scene? I don't have, have no any feelings strong whatsoever. feelings one way or another. You don't care what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Do you but... Do you find it concerning at all? No, because you overly sanitize your hands anyway. I do. Just three times walking out the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Press the elevator button, sanitize your hand. <laughs> press the elevator button inside, sanitize your hand. Open the door, sanitize your hand. Get in the car, sanitize your hand. My hand. Your, your one hand. <laughs> Weird. But so I don't think I'm too concerned i think Mm -hmm. you are never i never pictured you a germaphobe right but um but it is possible to that i'll like you know slip up and like touch my face or maybe maybe it'll be airborne and i'll like walk through a cloud of covid or something (laughs) and you know walk through a cloud of covid yeah 
uh, well, surely I'm like at some, some, you know, however small increased risk by going to play live poker rather than just staying qu- home, quarantining, grinding online, bothering you all day. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all at risk, right? So if you go to the grocery store, like there's no way to not go out completely. Sure. You can limit the amount of time that you do go out. I don't know. I think we're all just gambling. You know, we've been yeah. gambling all this life. So, so we you're just not going to continue gonna, gambling. You're not going to go and leave a comment under my video and be like, you really shouldn't be doing that, Andrew. <laughs> I'm not. I, I mean, I cannot speak for anybody or make decisions for anyone. Well, this affects you, though. Potentially. But what am I supposed to I do? Mean, if I get sick, you're going to get sick. But what am I supposed to do? Police you and tell you do not go out. You could. You have a voice. I don't see the point of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to make the decision for yourself. And it's going to be, I don't think there's a decision that doesn't have some sort of cognitive dissonance. You know, every decision is going to be a little bit contradictory to maybe what you believe or what you should do or shouldn't do. And then you just sort of weigh the benefits and the whatever risks that you perceive. Mm-hmm. And then you go on your life. Yeah. I don't know how else you're going to do it. Well, I could just sit like at I home. Said, yeah. Just keep waiting, waiting it out until we get a vaccine and then inject my veins, my bloodstream <laughs> with the disease, but only a, <laughs> a, a safe portion of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it really works, to be honest but that's what I could do. That that definitely is what you could do. And like I said, I haven't made a, I'm never going to make a final call one way or another, be like, you should do this because nobody has all the information and, you know, up to you. Okay. So. Gotta go. Gotta, gotta go, go to the, play some poker. Gotta go to the Bellagio. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, another reason we went to the Wynn this week was to, I hadn't been to the Wynn in, I don't know, a year, 10 months. Yeah. And our favorite postal worker was retiring this week. So, uh, she had mentioned that she had some feet issues Mm -hmm. since she uh, they'd move from a building to a trailer because the building was getting renovated. And so I thought, oh, well, that would be nice to get a foot massage, you know, maybe soon, maybe later, whenever she felt like it. And so we went and got a gift card from the win. Then we went to the Walgreens to get a happy retirement card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was very disturbing to not find a happy retirement card. That's right. What is your theory on why <laughs> there are no more retirement cards? Because if you are over 25, you bought Hallmark cards and you had seen happy retirement or congratulations sure. on your retirement. Indeed. So, Andrew. Yes. What is your theory on why there are no retirement, happy retirement cards? Society is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Just that deep, one time. That's right. (laughs) That's right. 
How so? We're totally screwed. How so? Well, surely they would have items that would be in high demand that would be selling if they were actually selling, meaning they would have the cards if people wanted them. So people don't want the cards? Do you think those people are just jealous because they are not <laughs> retiring? No, that wasn't my thought. <laughs> or people are just not retiring and therefore yes. the demand for... The card. The card. The retirement, happy retirement card. Yeah, there was no happy retirement card. Disturbing, is it not? If our theory is in fact correct. Which it, it must be. It must be. This is the only one. It must be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we should we should email Walmart and ask them, or not Walmart, Walgreens, <laughs> and ask Walgreens, what's the purpose? What's the uh, the reasoning for not having more happy retirement cards? But yeah, I mean, shouldn't we be asking Hallmark? Hallmark, the creators of the cards. Well, I would imagine that Walgreens is that is that where it was? Yeah. Walgreens can pick and choose which items they want to buy from Hallmark. They don't have to buy the whole Hallmark catalog, do they? I guess. But uh, yeah, I think it's probably true. I think it's probably due to the fact that less people are retiring these days and they're just going to have to work till they die. That's very morbid. Is that your theory as well? That was my initial thought. I thought, well... I mean, maybe not everybody, but maybe it's the numbers are down. I know, but you don't even hear people talk about retirement. Uh -huh. I was actually taken aback when Sandra was like, oh, I'm retiring after 30 and a half years at the post office. I mean, granted, our, our sample size of searching for the card is one store. Sure. That is a very low sample. And there is some chance that maybe like that store location is one where like not a lot of people, people are retiring from while living in that neighborhood. Who knows? Okay, so we'll have we to We haven't head. done our research. We need you guys to let us know. Have you seen happy retirement cards at your local pharmacy? Mm -hmm. We should probably go to Summerlin, Sun City, yes, Summerlin. that's what I'm talking specifically about. Specifically to mm -hmm. see if there are some happy retirement cards. To see whether or not society is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so what card did we get eventually? Thank you. Uh, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Sandra. Thank you for your service. What else do you have to say for yourself? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just gonna leave people society's fuck. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Do you want to talk about what we did? When? Yesterday. No, actually, before we talk about what we did yesterday. Even though Andrew thinks society is fucked, um, I think that it's not completely fucked. So okay. <laughs> if you live in Las Vegas, uh, there is an organization called UMOC or UMOC, uh, United Mov Movement of Kindness. It works with groups that are trying to make, you know, Clark County and the desert better. So one of the initiatives is a town fridge. Had you ever heard of a town fridge before? I have not. A town fridge. So they set up these uh, refrigerators that you can go and donate food, water, um, and 
it's available for in anyone. So whether you, uh, you know, lost your job, just don't have enough food, you can go to this town fridge and grab what you need, or you can help replenish the fridge. And there's, I love the fact that there's no barrier, you know, to getting stuff to people. Because usually if you, you know, go through an organization or you have to donate it to some place, you don't know where it ends up. Yeah. So this is literally a refrigerator on the side of the road that is operational, that you can leave whatever you want in the fridge, basically whatever you want. I mean, there's a list of recommended. Yeah, well, I mean, food that you would eat. You don't want to be putting food in there that you're not going to eat, that you wouldn't eat yourself. Yeah. And then whoever, whoever needs food that day can swing by the fridge and take what they need. Simple. So there's one on Sweeney in Las Vegas. It is on 1041 Sweeney Avenue. That is one of the fridges that is open. There's also one on Main Street, which the city decided to close because society's fucked. But uh, yeah, there is still one on Sweeney. So if you are in Las Vegas and are going on your weekly grocery run, you know, grab some perishable, perishables, grab some bread, you know, grab some fruit and veg and you can donate it to the fridge. Mm-hmm. So that is a positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we need to really at this time, especially think about the good yeah. in the world. Pretty cool idea. Like you said, it's so simple and accessible and right. no red tape. Yeah. Stuff. There's no like, Oh, you have to fill in these 50 pieces of paperwork in order to qualify to get bread out of a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you need it, you just go and get it. So check out Umok. Uh, there's also a Food Not Bombs Las Vegas uh, initiative where they are building shelter for the houseless community in Las Vegas. So yeah, that's where my focus is on because if you really look at how fucked society is, as Andrew would say, then we got problems. We got some problems. Yes. But one fridge at a time, we will unfuck this society. <laughs> what did you get up to last night, Andrew Nimi? Last night, <laughs> yesterday. Last night. Yesterday evening. A new thing <laughs> in Las Vegas is here. I don't know what it is exactly. What is it? Area 15. Yes. So it's a play on Area 51, right? It's yes. It's supposed to be this out of this world experience Uh first impression first impression is it's not fully open yet (laughs) it's partially open they're just getting started you ain't seen nothing yet kind of literally that's what they say so anyway it's like kind of like a big uh you know like mashup of like art pieces and audio visual experiences and a bar and a restaurant and so anyway it's pretty cool like something different is always fun like we went into this giant room where they did this like projection thing all around like the four walls in this huge room it's interesting you know <laughs> it's kind of cool kind of okay um so there's like it seems like there's a bunch of different experiences that they're gonna be like developing throughout this huge space um i don't know how many tens of thousands of space this tens of thousands of square feet of space this place is but uh 
I don't know. It's always cool to like see people try some new uh, experimental thing. And uh, it's, you know, how, how bad of a, how bad of an experience can it be? You know, how bad of an experience? Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, there's a bar there. So <laughs> what the bar is the bomb for all things, all things bad. It's the what? It's the bomb. The bomb. Yeah. What do you mean? You know, when you like scratch yourself or hurt yourself. Oh, bomb. It's, it's not a bomb. <laughs> the L is silent. It's a bomb. Bomb. Like, I think B-O-M-B when you say bomb. B- B-O-M-B. No, that's a bomb. Bomb. That's a bomb. Okay. Anyway, yes, there's a bar there. So, I mean, if that, if all else fails, you can just get some drinks and make it worth your while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did have... I, I, I'm still confused about what it is. Yeah. It's like Gold Spike which if you haven't been to Gold Spike downtown Las Vegas, it's a bar and hotel, right? Well, the Gold Spike is just a bar with games. It's an adult playground. Sure. Yeah, like so, oversized like beer pong and, and basically stuff like and that. And Jenga and cornhole. So mm-hmm. they have that outside Area 15. And then inside is all this like AV or audiovisual experience light in my opinion it's good to have a bar there but alcohol (laughs) might not be the right drug of choice for the entire experience yeah but what do you need a drug so Mm -hmm. do you think the the drug will make the enhanced experience yeah but then the experience is bad if you need a drug to enhance to make the experience better so make the experience good it's tough to say so far right so i don't know if we should quite go to we can't give our official rating yet because half of it is probably not open yet. There's a lot more to come at Area 15. Okay. So we can't give our official Andrew and Boosie rating. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like EDC lighting. It just, not for me. I just don't like the strobe lighting type of effect. I'm mm-hmm. just like, why? Just <laughs> why? Uh, I think the all immersive audio visual mm-hmm. with purpose is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Area we're 15, gonna have to, I mean. We're going to have to revisit Area 15 once everything is open. And we can get the full experience. But it's free to go in, right? Is it always free it to is. go in? It uh, is. At the moment, it's free. So you can go on their website and sign up for some free tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had to wait a month to get our free tickets because it was already full. Uh, or a couple of weeks at least. Okay. So go on and sign yourself up. And check out Area 15 if you are in Las Vegas. I say check it out. It's yeah. worth it. There's a bar, like I said. Get yourself a <laughs> couple of drinks and look around. And leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of Area 15. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we go to some listener feedback? Let's or, do it. Uh, YouTube comments. Yes. First of all, thanks to everybody who clicked the thumbs up button on the uh, the previous video. 51 thumbs up and zero thumbs down. Shout Whoa. out to all you guys Whoa. who clicked that thumbs up button. So Stephen Mead had a question for you. Remember last week we spoke about insider secrets of yes. the industry you're in? Yes. And Stephen wants to know, is there an algorithm or something similar for what time you should release a video to get the most likes? or what you should put in the title of the video. I've always wondered. Oh, and no cricket, no F1, no rugby. What sports do Americans actually watch? LOL. Either way, they're missing out. 
So you must not be an American. No. Uh, Stephen. I think Stephen is English. Okay. Well, first question. Uh, is there a time of day that is strategically best to upload? Generally, probably um, Monday morning, I think, is the most optimal time and day because I think people tend to watch videos when they are when they're most bored and the problem i mean it's it i don't know what this says about society again but i think a lot of people watch videos at work <laughs> so monday morning is the time so yeah monday morning is the time uh, it's also like you know weekday evenings tend to be a little bit like more chill than say weekends when people are either traveling or they're doing things with family um, or they are watching football on Sunday. So it seems like there's a lot of other distractions on the weekends. And if you release Monday morning, that gives the full week for people to watch. And then as people are watching, YouTube recommends it more often. So it's sort of like a snowball effect that can occur. Uh, your second question was titles. That is an art form. Is it not? It is an art form. And an yes. art form in clickbaitery. I don't think titles need to be clickbaitery to be clicked on. Yes, they I do. think the. Yes, they do. No, I disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tell me why. I, I think it's just like reading a newspaper article. If the, art, if the title sucks, you're not going to read that article. And that's why like the people who write the best article headlines are gossip columns, yeah. right? So those magazines are made up 90% of titles. Okay. Kanye West leaves Kim Kardashian West. Right. And if you have any interest in that, and so, then you click. And, and so he was actually just leaving to go to the grocery store, perhaps? Perhaps. You know, <laughs> okay. or he went on a, a, a weekend away without uh -huh. her. Sure. But... It's just, so the title is what, the title is supposed to tell you what's in the video. Right. It's not just supposed to lie to you and no. say. Well, I think, yeah, I think there's a pretty big difference between clickbait and lying. Explain. I mean, clickbait is just. Baiting. It's, it's highlighting something that either takes place in the video or is discussed in the video and then sort of like take a giant highlighter like a bright yellow highlighter and like you know go over that over those words and then add exclamation points at the end usually <laughs> for example okay. so you know it's something that's like you know you're 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 creating like hyperbole out of something that happened in the video so yes titles are important i guess was steve's question yeah, right but there's no like official way to uh you know, there's no like official words or or whatever. No like official tips that you can give someone. Um, it's just sort of like a way of capturing attention. Because the thumbnail and the title are the two things that will drive the most clicks and the most views. So it's not just going to come from your subscribers. It's going to come from the, the, uh, the related video section on YouTube. And so you got to get attention from people that way. If you're going to play this game and if you care about the, the game of YouTube. Which you may or may not. Do you care about the game of YouTube? Mm, I kind of go through cycles. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Okay, so shall we read? Jean-Francois says, 
on my first day, took my wife to this nice lounge, told her I rarely go there except for very special occasions. First thing bartender said to me, your usual thoughts on this. Hmm. I see. You got busted is what you're saying. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Your usual. Because I mean, your usual means that it's not very special occasions that you're going there. If exactly. You have a usual. I didn't get that the first time I read this. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean-Francois trying to be smooth and it didn't exactly work, did it? It worked. She buried him. Okay, that's true. Yeah. But so it wasn't because of this or was it? What what was the reason? It Ask your wife, Jean-Francois, the reason she married you. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe she found it cute that he was trying to be all like, you know, trying to make her feel special and whatever, what have you. Mm. Or maybe he was just looking like he was full of shit. <laughs> and she looked past that later on. Yeah, she must have. He must have had some redeeming qualities uh -huh. besides that. Yeah. But, so mm. when, I, uh, when I was taking you out, did you like the taste of locations that i brought you to usually <laughs> usually 99 percent of the time when was it not i don't see very well i wear glasses okay so dive bars are not a place i particularly care for and why is that because there's sometimes like sticky floors sticky surfaces and you just don't know what that is you assume what? it's alcohol like dried up vodka cranberry or what, something what dive bar did i take you to no it wasn't dino's there was the one behind champagnes champagnes <laughs> great spot highlighted it in a video on, in a vlog so no you weren't a fan of that one I don't like smells too. You know this. I lost a couple of points with champagnes. Y yeah, but you redeemed yourself with all the other, with all the other places. Okay. It doesn't mean that it has to be super fancy, mm -hmm. but I don't like smells. You're just not a dive bar kind of girl. Because they usually have that like smell, you know. I like all the bars. I like the nightclubs. I like the cheapest bar in town. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't have a thing with like it being an expensive or cheap bar. I just don't mm. like smells. Okay. So. Yeah. If we can. And champagnes, I think they used to smoke inside, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So it doesn't make for like this very they still cozy, do. chill. It's kind of stressful. Okay. So. Understood. Um, I will remove the dive bar date for next week. <laughs> and Jean-Francois shared a secret of his industry. He says, I work with nuclear power did you know that the nuclear power reactor operator is the highest paid blue collar job in the u.s with a medium income of one hundred thousand dollars oh did you know that no i, I don't know even that. know what a nuclear power power reactor what is a nuclear power reactor i'll have to google it thank you for writing in uh, or commenting on these videos. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like us to discuss a certain topic, write to us. Hello at talspodcast.com or text us 702-690-9299 or you can call and leave us a voice message. We're still waiting for the first person to leave a voice message. I would love that. Who's it going to be? 
Will it be Jean-Francois or will it be somebody else? Jean-Francois is not allowed to leave me a voice message. <laughs> somebody else then. Yes, somebody else. Step up. Okay, we'll see. Who's gonna, who's it going to be? Who will go down in history? Well, we did this once before, like a long time ago. This is a new podcast. This is a new reboot of the podcast. So who will it be? The first person to join us, have their voice join us on this show. Do you know that's a, a thing that's researched how if you're sitting in a group of people and nobody talks, then nobody talks. But the minute one person starts to talk, that opens up mm. okay. dialogue or allows other people to talk. Sure. Because we need sort of yeah, I used peer to, approval or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's sort of like how the, the mail on the couch thing used to work, right? So like when I would share people sending me something and share the thing that they sent, then more people would also be encouraged to send items to the P.O. box. Mm. Kind of similar. Maybe, maybe not. The way you're looking at me suggests not. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it. Why? Okay. <laughs> so if one, two people are talking and they just make all the decisions mm -hmm. and nobody challenges those decisions, there'll just be a general consensus apparently that, okay, yeah, this is the way we should go. Mm -hmm. But if one, there's like one or two dissenters, then more people feel yeah. safe to dissent. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, nobody wants to rock, nobody wants to rock the boat in case they're uh, they're wrong and they're made to look like a fool. Why don't we want to look like fools? Because we want to be loved, and we fear that we might not be. Fools aren't loved. Nope. They're cast aside. That's not true, though. You're right. We just worry that it might be true. Right. I think what it all comes down to what love being loved and sex yeah <laughs> so they if you're like sitting they might, they might not get laid <laughs> so if you're sitting in a meeting at work yes and somebody says something that you disagree with right you're not going to say anything because eventually you want to get laid. That's even right. if somebody that, <laughs> that's what it all comes the back person to. that you want to get laid by yeah. is not even in that I mean, meeting. Imagine, well, if you, what if you lost your job over dissenting and it mm. turns out you're an idiot <laughs> and they be become aware that you're an idiot and you get fired and that's going to affect your chances of getting laid. I think that's so sad. It's really so sad. And I think I'm, what is the word I'm looking for? I do that too sometimes. You know, I'll say in my head, bullshit, but mm -hmm. not say it out loud. Sure. Well, maybe you also don't want to hurt the person's feelings. Yeah, but so many of our not hurting people's feelings causes us more problems. Right. It's a anti-confrontational thing. You just kick the can down the road. And hoping somebody else will deal with it. Yeah. Or it sorts itself out one way or another. Let us know what you think about dissent. Do you dissent in groups? Because it's not just at work. You do it with your friends too. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the best sushi restaurant. And you're like, bullshit. But you don't say anything. Yeah, I sort of like 
maybe very mildly dissent when you cook something that isn't quite as good as uh, all of the other things that you cook. <laughs> but you got to have tact, you know? Otherwise. Yeah, but that's not something. You, you know what happens. You can just cook something that you want to eat. Right. Do you I know? Could. Like if I, I enjoy it. I could order a Detroit style pizza. Sure. Mm. Like I dissent very loudly about Detroit style pizza. Yes, you do. So. It's kind of sad. Because boy, is that style good. <laughs> All right. I think this is going off the rails. Okay. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. There is now video of the Tells podcast on YouTube.com forward slash Andrew and Bussi spelled B-U-S-I. Share it with your friends. Give us a thumbs up on the video. Appreciate it. All right. That's about it for this week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.